Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Prelude to Positivity. My name is Tommy Jarasi. My guest today is Alessandra Torresani. She is an actress, a host of Emotional Support Podcast. She was a Cylon. She was in Big Bang Theory, and she's a mental health ambassador, advocate, and warrior. Hello, Alessandra. How are you? <laughs> Ooh, Tommy, I've never been introduced as a mental health warrior, and I am living for this moment right now. I've never heard that, and I am totally going to own that and go with this. Um, I am so good. How are you? I can't believe we're here um, seeing each other, and it just feels so normal, doesn't it? It's it does, because we talk all the time. <laughs> all the all the time. And I have seen your face before, so it's not that off-putting, but it is just a beautiful face. And I am so grateful to be looking across from it right now and not just voice to voice. Um, yes, so I'm so excited. And fellow Italian. Yes, yes, yes. Italian. My family had an Italian bread business when they were, when I was younger. Yeah. What? Yeah. We grew up on bread and all the good Italian stuff. <laughs> you had a bread business growing up? They had a bakery. <laughs> In New York? In Brooklyn, yep. <gasps> Fabulous. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. That must have been so incredible. It was amazing. We always had bread and I was always overweight. <laughs> That's okay. It was worth every second of it. And it probably smelled like bread and like beautiful things in your house all the time. So I'm super jealous of that. <laughs> So for people who don't know all about you, can you tell mm. us a little bit about Alessandra and what were you like growing up? And then when did you get that bug for acting and performing? Ooh, <laughs> I love this. Um, well, I'm Alessandra. I am an actress. I am five foot three and a half. I'm so used to doing that, like in all my, my videos. Um, I'm based out of Los Angeles. Um, no, I um, you know, it's so funny. Both of my parents were in computer technology. And um, when I was born, I think they thought I was going to go to MIT and go to business school and become an engineer and take over technology. And I came out singing and dancing. So I can't even really pinpoint exactly the moment of this is what I'm supposed to be doing other than I was a professional dancer and I was a competition dancer. And I actually, um, I was a national jazz and tap champion and I won that at the Waldorf Astoria in fabulous New York city. Wow. Uh, Yes, it was a moment I was like eight or nine. And um, I remember just constantly loving being on stage and performing and I had done plays, but I had been asked to audition to host a kids club for Warner Brothers in San Francisco. Um, and I auditioned for like 250 kids and I got it and they had seen me at a dance competition. And I did this every Saturday we would record and I would interview everyone from the San Jose Sharks to Mayor Willie Brown. Um, I got to interview um, all the people at SeaWorld and Space Camp. And I inter even interviewed John Waters, um, which was the craziest thing to me because I was the biggest Pink Flamingo serial mom fan. And um, when I met him, I introduced myself and I was like, are those pussy willows, Dottie? And he was like, oh, my God, who is this child that is like referencing Kathleen Turner? 
I also had the same voice as Kathleen Turner as a child. So it was all sorts of confusing, um, but it was great. And after that, that was when um, my mom was so incredible and, and let me pursue my dream and took me to LA for a pilot season to try it out. And here I am, uh, 34, 34 and holding. Um, <laughs> and thriving. And thriving. <laughs> I'm almost 34, two weeks, two weeks. So I'm, I'm getting used to saying it out loud because it hurts every time I say it. And you've worked on some really amazing shows like Big Bang Theory, uh, Lucifer, Batwoman, The Fosters even, and Caprica. So Did you watch The like Fosters? Being... I did. I love The Fosters. <laughs> <laughs> I have never in my career, Tommy, heard anyone go, and you were on The Fosters? <laughs> I love that show because it was such a real depiction of LGBTQ. Yeah, I thought like, how amazing. Oh, that's that. very true. I didn't think of it that way. I think of it because see, it's interesting when I was on that, I, I was on two episodes and I don't, I never watched the show. So I never really knew anything about it. I just knew that it was a great depiction of adoption, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I knew. I had no idea the whole LGBTQIA plus community was involved. And now I remember. So that's amazing. <laughs> the so, <lesbian>. yay. <laughs> so what was it like to be on those sets? Because it sounds like a dream come true to go from the one show to the nut to another, even for two episodes. Yeah. You know, the Fosters was, everyone was very sweet. Um, it's, I love that you referenced that. Everyone was very kind. And I think it's very rare to find um, young children. Um, and I don't mean children, but I mean, under the age of like, 20 right mm -hmm. you know not able to drink um be professional and kind humans um and everyone was very 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 lovely and professional on that show um i big bang theory was the best experience of my life it if you want to talk about in every show that i've ever done other than caprica which was like my baby every other show no one compares to that cast i've never met someone in general of all of them from Kaylee Cuoco to Johnny Galecki to all of Kunal Sud, all of them. Not Kunal Sud, oh my God, ex nay that. I'm Kun, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Mortified because Kunal is on Clubhouse and that's why I'm associating this with Tommy. We are gonna exclude this, okay? Yes. <laughs> okay, Raj who played my boyfriend on the show. But anyways, long story short, Every one of them came up to me right from the beginning and they would give me these big giant hugs first day of me showing up on set. And they were like, we are so excited that you're here. We watched your audition tape or we heard amazing things about it. And we are thrilled that you're joining the show. And I just remember not only was I the biggest fan of Big Bang Theory walking in. So already it was such a trip to be on the set and see, you know, oh my God, there's the comic book store and like there's Penny's house and like, oh my God, there's the couch that they always sit on. But it was also just being so nervous to be around a group of people who have gotten to know each other because I think I came in season nine. So for people to have known each other for nine years and then I'm just like this random guest star that comes in at first before it became more, um, it was unbelievable how open and loving and caring they were and best, best group ever. Mm. So then how did you, what led you to the role of mental health ambassador and advocate and as I call warrior, how did that all lead into what you do now? 
Wow. Um, well, you know, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder when I was about 21, 22. Um, it was after I had been on this show called Caprica. Um, and I went to a acupuncturist explaining all my symptoms. I had been misdiagnosed and put on antidepressants when I was 15, um, which caused higher highs and lower lows and suicidal ideations and all of these like really, really, really um, upsetting things that are just reminders of, you know, can you hear that? I'm sorry. Is that no. okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like making Tommy's like world like so hard right now. I'm like messing things up. Um, that's what this show is about. It's about being open and honest and real with one another. Okay, keeping it real. Um, but I went to an acupuncturist with my my signs. And, you know, it was actually a dear friend of mine's father. And he was, you know, working on the body and then the aura and the energy. And he said, you know, I work with a lot of people who are creatives. And a lot of them have the same symptoms as you. And 99.9% .9 of them all live with something called bipolar disorder. Has anyone ever told you that this probably is what, you know, you need to get checked out? And I had never heard of that before. And so he said, I need you to go to this doctor, the psychiatrist and, and therapist and blah, 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 and like go through it and let's see what happens. Um, and that was when it all started where they said, of course, point blank, you are bipolar and you live with this. How has no one ever seen this before or said this to you before? And I can't believe you were diagnosed and given other sorts of medications. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad that it took, you know, 10 years for us all to get to this journey together. Um, but, you know, it was something that I was also told to hide for for years and I hid it for like 10 years. Um, and I finally came out speaking about it slowly. And then when I decided to be out loud and proud and be a warrior about it was I went to a Lucifer convention, speaking of the show wow. Lucifer. And um, I was only on one episode. I completely forgot I even did the show. And I went there. I got flown to the UK. And really the true reason why I was there was, was even though it was a Lucifer convention, I was there because one of the other actors on the show um, was a Cylon as as well as I was um, on Battlestar Galactica. So they thought it would be really cool if like Trisha Helfer and Alessandra Torresani like come together and do this whole like fun moment, right, for the fans. Well, it was really fun for her to be there um, for everyone because she plays Lucifer's mother. Um, but it was not fun for me. People were like, we don't know who she is. Like we never watched the stupid show Caprica, like blah, 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 all this stuff. No one cared. So I had to do a long story short, I had to do a convention uh, panel where I spoke for an, an hour and it was a Q&A. And I had about 15 people there um, when it was supposed to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I had about five questions that were asked and then it was dead silence and no one was in the room. No one wanted to be there. They were all outside. And I said, you know what? I'm Alessandra and I'm bipolar. Does anyone want to talk about mental health? And from there, people started lining up and asking questions and personal stories. And then they would go outside and tell other people and say, oh, wait, she's talking about mental health. You guys should come in here. So afterwards, a woman came up to me 
and she showed me her arms where she had that self-harm. Um, mm -hmm. And she said to me, she's, she was very matter of fact, emotional, but very matter of fact about it, um, which I loved about her, no filter. And she said, you know, I know that you don't have physical scars like I do, but after hearing your story of you, you know, explode and you throw phones and you punch walls and, you know, you love to punch mirrors and all this stuff, it's the same sort of release in a different way. And I didn't know that people on television felt the same way that I did. Um, and, you know, we always talk about right influencing um, does not mean you have to be famous. It doesn't mean any of this. This woman changed the path of my life and I don't even know her name. Um, and so if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been out loud, proud, you know, screaming it and throwing up my story to the world. Um, and be where I am right now here talking with you about our mental health. Um, so, you know, it's really important for us to always remember our story can really impact someone else's life um, just as much as someone else's can, can impact ours. Yeah, definitely. That's why I feel like sometimes it's a responsibility to talk about it, even though we're, we're afraid or we may feel a little shame about it, but it's right. kind of, if you look at it as a responsibility, it helps you to come out of yourself because you're doing it for someone else and it's not about you anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I always say in all my rooms and, in, you know, you've been there. I don't push people to come out in quote unquote unless they are ready to speak about mental health, because there are a lot of questions that come with it. There are a lot of people that are very angry about it and have their opinions and you're going to have to stand up. The amount of times that people say to me on social media, they don't believe me that I'm just doing it to become popular or all girls are bipolar and all sorts of fun <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it gets really tricky. And I think that that's where you really have to be so strong in what you believe in and who you are to be able to help others. Yes, for sure. And then it's also May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So you've been doing so much already. And can you tell us a little bit about that and what else you have in store for everyone for Mental yeah. Health Awareness Month? Oh my God. Well, I'm talking with you. I'm so excited. I, I just want everyone to know that Tommy was in a room and we were talking about podcasts and I was like, uh, Tommy, why have I never been asked to be on your podcast? And I basically forced myself for him to make a zoom appointment. And I was like, I don't care anymore. Like Tommy, like let's, I, I'm doing this, whether you like it or not. Um, but what I am planning on doing, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, our, our mutual friend, Britt Bronson, who is one of my best friends, someone else who also lives with bipolar disorder and uses her voice. Um, you know, she was talking to me that she hates mental health awareness month. And it reminded me, you're right. I hate it too. And why? Because it's only something that's talked about for 31 days. This is a conversation that doesn't go away and end on May 31st. All of a sudden, like everyone's cured, you know, like we're great until 2022, you know, um, it, it's something that needs to continually be spoken about. You know, my birthday's also in May, so it's a very powerful month for me, um, uh, of changing and evolving and being loud. And I always find myself in May, um, always putting myself in situations that I'm not quite comfortable in. I'm not really comfortable doing other people's podcasts and not because 
I don't ever feel wanted um, on podcasts. I don't really feel wanted on other people's shows. That's why I, I make a point of it in May to be like, I'm just going to ask everyone and I'm going to put myself out there. And if they say no, they say no, I don't care, but I'm going to do it. But it's all about going out of my comfort zone. Um, and I want to bring awareness to mental health by making it funny. I mean, it's funny. Think of it. We are insane. We are crazy human beings. Like the universe gave us a brain that is like shaken up, stirred like a martini. There's like half of an olive in there. And then the universe is like, okay, now go try to have a normal life. Like we have to laugh about these situations, you know, like it's ridiculous. The things that I have done, because like, I guess there's no excuse, but the excuse is that I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. Um, so I'm just trying to do as many conversations, as many lives, as many things as I possibly can to just make it fun. And then I don't know if you show this video, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt oh. that says um, we are not alone. And it is a giant green heart and it covers my bosoms. Um, it is unisex. It is for everyone. It is for everything. It is nothing but love. But I partnered up and created this um, with a dear friend, Francesca, who has the organization Inspiring My Generation. And she is incredible. She is in college. And this girl writes 300 to 500 personal cards to um, mental health hospitals, drops them off, and they're called encouragement cards. She was in um, a mental facility, and she was like, there's nothing worse than being alone there and not feeling the love from the outside world, and how an encouragement card literally can, can help you want to continue on with the day. So we decided to make these sweatshirts and um, have a percentage of the proceeds be donated to suicide prevention awareness. Um, so they're very cozy. Um, so you can get them um, at uh, my link in bio, emotional support pod, pod.com. Very cool. There's my and shameless plug. That's okay. Just for the record, though, you're always welcome here. And I, you were on my list to ask, but I was like, she doesn't know me well enough yet. How Are you kidding her? me? <laughs> and this is so fun. Hello. <laughs> Have you met me? We are very similar. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And also I would like, I would challenge people too, who say that they don't have any mental health issue because I think everyone has something or is touched by something. So either, you know, someone real close yeah. to you has it. So therefore you're affected by it or you have something. Cause I don't think anybody's perfectly untouched when it comes to mental health. No. And I think certainly we all realize that we all have something going on during COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, being in isolation, I, I have to say, I'm actually lucky that I, you know, have been through what I did and have the tools that I have because so many of my friends who never had any mental in quote unquote health issues, right. Suddenly found themselves in isolation and not knowing like what to do with these thoughts inside their brain and, and how to get out of a little bit of a depression or a funk. So, you know, I think that we were actually the lucky ones during, um, you know, COVID. And that's why we need to use our tips and tricks and help others out who were not familiar with it. Yeah. And speaking of that, how do you keep your mental health in check, even when you're having not so great a day? Because like you said, we're, you're not cured. We don't really ever get cured, but we yeah. manage. So how is it that you keep it in check? You know, it's a tough one, right? I think yeah. that I'm a firm believer in transcendental meditation. TM helps me more ways than not, um, kind of keeps me centered. I'm a dancer. I haven't been able to be in the studio, but when 
the studios were open whenever I was feeling a really darkness that was like heavy burden, a weight. Um, I would always go take a dance class, even if I wasn't feeling flexible enough or good enough to do it. I forced myself to do it to get outside of my head. Um, and, and finding community, I think finding a peer-to-peer support group, space movement changed my life because of that. And Clubhouse changed my life because of that. Having the emotional support club on Clubhouse, really, I mean, the, the amount of people that I've met from a work point of view to a friendship point of view to feeling like family, like I feel like I know you, Tommy, more than a lot of my friends. We won't tell them that, but that's <laughs> true because I think that we forced each other to really open up and be real and be serious about the heavy issues that we wouldn't, you know, I, I've talked about so much trauma in my life on that little app i mean think about it and it's 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 wild that you meet so many people from across the world that you would never know you have anything in common with and then it's like oh my god i have more in common with you than most of my real friends in real life that i physically can touch um so i think it's all about you know finding there's so many things that you have to do in your life to be able to feel you have this toolbox to pull things out whenever it's needed Definitely. And I also noticed that the, just the general feeling of the rooms that we go into in the beginning with the influencers room was much heavier. But then as you started coming in and Maria started coming in and I would come in and, and try to sprinkle a little bit of positivity or a little bit of humor, it got lighter and people and, come and in. And I out. think it had to. Yeah, it had to. And people, instead of coming into trauma dump, now they really come in to just share and yeah. about anything and everything. Well, that was the whole point of me doing mental health story time is I started to do that before influencers on mental health, before I had discovered them. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. It's like a fun bonus to mine. But what I always felt found to be so interesting is while mine was heavy at times too, there, it was not a place to give advice. Um, and I think a lot of people falsely would give advice, not knowing that that was bad advice or good advice. I just think that there shouldn't be any advice if you're not a doctor. Um, and so I'm very clear on that is the most important thing that you can do for someone, even more than giving them the facts is just listen. Sometimes mm -hmm. people just need to know they're being heard. Um, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then we talked about last year, but how did you stay positive last year, even when everybody else around you was falling into this negative and things just looked like they were never going to end, especially in LA, everything was closed down completely. So how did Shut you down find completely? You know, that's a great question. It's so funny. I was just talking about this with someone else um, that I'm, that I'm speaking with. Um, for, for this conference, I'm speaking for a bunch of doctors and the doctors want to know, um, how did COVID affect those with bipolar disorder? And I'm just like, they have no idea what they're going to be <laughs> dealing with tomorrow. Um, I'm speaking in front of 500 doctors virtually across the world. And they're like, we want real human experience. I'm like, oh, do you? Because you're about to get it. Um, but it's so fascinating to me because when COVID first hit, I remember I was not scared, but my husband and my mom are very practical humans. They are someone that they my mother and I are also complete hoarders in the sense where like we were set up at Costco months before even the pandemic, like we've been set up for a world disaster for years. Um, so that was not the problem. No, no toilet paper lackage in our house, but my husband's a very practical person where he sat me down and he was like, things are about to get real. Um, and 
you need to be okay with this and we are just going to calm down and you're just going to have to take a mental vacation and just pretend like nothing's going on. Um, don't stress yourself because you're going to spiral. And I was like, Oh, he's crazy. Like nothing's happening. And then the NBA shut down. And for me, if anyone knows me, I like live or die for basketball. So when they announced the NBA was shutting down, I was like, okay, now what do we do? Like, this is a real thing. Um, but I forced myself for a month. I was feeling amazing. I was like, I'm getting my real estate license so I can start working with my mom. I'm going to learn a language. I did uh, Deepak Chopra's um, uh, intention, the intention meditations. I was like, or 21 days of abundance, excuse me. And all of these amazing things. I was like, I'm on it, girl. I'm on it. And then I crashed. And I crashed hard and I hadn't been in that dark space since pre-medication. And I was like, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to continue on. I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, there's no purpose. Acting's never going to come back. And it was very hard. Um, and then a friend of mine uh, basically kicked me in the bum and was like, you have a podcast. You've completely abandoned it. People listen to you because they want to know that they're not alone. This was pre-Clubhouse, you know, PC. Um, and I said, okay. And he goes, it's about to be Suicide Prevention Awareness Week. Get up, share your story. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't, no one's listening. I have like five followers. He's like, get up. It's time to use your voice. Don't be selfish. And Dr. Raghu Apasani, who comes in my rooms all the time, I think you've heard him speak. Yeah. So it was because of Dr. Apasani that really he was like, you are doing a special and we are doing it now. And I was like, okay. And like after that season two, like got back up again and it was like amazing. Um, but it really took a friend to, to force me to, to get up. Yeah. It usually does for me too. Yeah. And I have, specific- yeah, how was it for you? Um, in the beginning of the year, I was so happy because I don't, I don't, I work in a very toxic environment for my day job. So it was great to be home and away from the toxic people. So I was like, this is great. And I did take classes because I had extra time. I wasn't commuting. I took some courses and earned some certificates. But again, like you, I was gung ho, gung ho. But I was lucky because I was working with Derek, our friend Derek, before the I started working with him on like some spiritual stuff and then continued it in the beginning because I had more time, not even realizing how much I needed it for the past. Oh, so my I, God, worked I with, wish I had Derek then. Oh, up until June, I think I was working with him. So that was actually really a lifesaver because he would get the the text from me like, I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to get sick. And he'd be like, why are you saying this? Do you have any proof of it? Do you, I, no, I don't. So do you have it? No. Then they thought I did have it. And he was like, even if you have it, you're going to survive, right? You're not you're not in the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm not, but I know I'm going to have to go. And he's like, no, you're not. So he would just do this like reinforcement on me. And then I got through all that. And then um, I had gained weight before because like uh, things I was going to, you know, how when you go to all these different events, you eat a lot. So I, yes. so I, hi- I said, you know what? I'm saving money on gas. I'm saving money on commuting. I'm going to hire a coach in that realm too, in physical. So I was 30 pounds. Like I was taking advantage of every minute I had for that. Year. Fabulous. Oh my God, Tommy. I was, I was doing really good. My mom didn't do so well through it though. She has her mental issues uh, before that. They got worse during that, but we are managing with that too. We're getting to a place where I think it's easier for her to talk about it. I hope. And hopefully that sweet spot. And, you know, speaking of your mom like that, I think that that was another thing that 
it kind of shook people into realizing that mental health was a real thing. And these conversations need to start being had. And people were forced to have the conversations where they weren't used to it before. So I think like from a positive standpoint, like talking about it with family too, it, 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 it was real. Yeah. No more shame around it. No more secret, no whispering in the corner. Like aunt so-and-so, you know, she's a little cuckoo. No, we're yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, mom, you, you're crazier than aunt Sue. <laughs> and speaking of all mental health and the things that you do, was it that, what is it that you're most passionate about when it comes down to it? I'm most passionate about connection. I'm most passionate about um, being able to relate to someone. And even if we come from different backgrounds and we, you know, uh, are, are, you know, have different occupations and, you know, you may have a relationship with your father and I don't have a relationship with my father. I don't care what it is. Right. I want to be able to find that one little piece of the puzzle that can connect us, um, to allow you to know that you are not alone and I am not alone. Um, and I think that that's so important. I think that hearing and listening to people is the best thing, right? Like I said, in the rooms, you know, just holding space because you're finding that connection of just letting them know, I don't even have to speak. We're here. You know, we're here. You are important. And I want people to realize how important their voice is. And if I have to be extra loud and be an extra loud voice for the voiceless, then I will do it. I'm a, I'm a loud girl and I'm okay doing that. <laughs> That's perfect. And if you were going to write a book about your life, what would you call this particular chapter that you're in right now? Ooh, Tommy with the hard present questions. <laughs> Diane Sawyer is here. Um, what would I call this? Ooh, I think I would call this chapter. Um, is it is it cheesy to say emotional support? Because that's really like, I think that that's what this chapter is in my life. The past two years has been my emotional support of my show has been my emotional support. Um, and I don't know where it'll be in a year, um, but I will say that the 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 part one and part two uh, chapter is uh, emotional support. And then what is the most fulfilling part of what you do? Meeting people like you. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. No, I mean, seriously, I think <laughs> that it's like really fun. I think that it's really hard, you know, um, in the business that I am, it's great. I get to meet people on sets and stuff like that. But then, you know what, you meet some fans at conventions, you can connect with them on social media, I guess, you know, um, but you really can't connect with people like that. And I'm not going to the club anymore. So I'm not going to be like <laughs> connecting with friends at the club. Um, but I think that there is something very special and something sacred about um, support groups, whether it be like an AA or, um, you know, uh, NA or, you know, EA, emotional, ES, emotional support anonymous, you know, or like space movement, <laughs> you know, I think that there's something super important about um, those communities and, and being able to connect on a level that you wouldn't normally connect with someone when you were shaking their hands at a dinner. Yeah, for sure. And we talked about last year being a year where we had a lot of extra time to do things. So what did you learn about yourself last year? when you were stuck in isolation for a little bit? 
that I'm a mess. No. Um, <laughs> what did I learn about myself? You know what I learned? I learned the importance of family and love and how it's okay to not be going a million miles a minute. And it's okay to take a step back. I got married over the pandemic. We were not engaged. We were not planning on it. It kind of, we, it was called the queer eye wedding because we decided to do it and planned it and had it done in six days. So it was like queer eye for the straight guy, right? They only get like a week to like <laughs> revamp. That was us uh, for a wedding. Um, and you know, it was so small and it was just our closest friends and it just was, the reason why it was like, life is short, you know? And I think that that's what we realized. Like we have to be able to sit back, enjoy these little moments because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, my husband and I lost a lot of people over COVID. A lot of family got very, very, very ill. Um, and a lot of mental health, um, became really, you know, prevalent in, in, everyone around us, um, and illness. So I think it was just a reminder of it's okay to enjoy every single moment of your life. Mm. And then what do you hope that we've all learned over the past year that we can actually keep with us going forward and we don't soon forget it when we go back to whatever normal is? Oh my God. I hope that we learn that, you know, we are, I, this is my slogan. So I'm going to say this in a cheesy way, but it's really truthfully like what I believe. We all have emotions and we all need support. And I hope that people remember this because we were all there for one another, you know, through thick and thin, because we were all in the same boat, right? Not someone, it didn't matter how famous you are, you could still get sick. It didn't imagine, it matter how rich you are, you could still get sick. You know, we were all human beings and we were all here living with this same disease together and this same situation. And we were all in our homes. I, I hope that people respect the animals. Animals is a huge thing for me with, with love and support. I'm a lifelong vegetarian and animal lover. I got my two pups over here and I hope that we remember to respect the environment and really appreciate um, each other's emotional levels of love um, and just simply love one another. I feel like that was all over the place, but I truly want everyone just to remember we're fucking human. Sorry, I yeah. swore. That's okay. We're allowed. <laughs> And just remind everybody where they can find you if they want to keep up with you or just say, hey, or they need some emotional Keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Keeping up with the emotional support. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what? You can find me at Alessandra Torasani. It is a mouthful, but I promise it's easy to find if you just search my name. Um, and you can find me um, everywhere. Emotional support pod, P-O-D, like a podcast dot com. Um, that's the Instagram. That is where you can buy the beautiful sweatshirts. That's where you can subscribe. Please write a review. Tommy, it's so annoying when people don't write reviews, right? Like reviews oh, are the game changer on on Apple pod, people who don't have podcasts, let me just remind you why you should write a review for Tommy, because the more reviews Tommy gets, the higher his, his podcast will be seen. And so like, that's, what's the important. It's not the attaboy. It's about Apple, like waking up the algorithm. So please write Tommy a review. And then go to Alessandra and write and then nine. <laughs> that's Emotional <your> support. <laughs> 
so other than reviews, what is one thing that you absolutely cannot live without? <laughs> oh, I feel like we're looking at it. It's a 32 ounce tropical passion iced tea from the coffee bean and tea leaf. Oh, and if coffee bean and tea leaf wants us to, to promote our, uh, actually do something with your podcast, they can do that, right? You're looking for sponsors. So I have if- written them more times than you can ever imagine. And they don't respond. I literally have written them and been like, so I go through four a day. Um, all my money goes to you. Um, please help me out. Just discount code. That's all I ask. Never respond. So maybe one day, one day. To sponsor you. That would be great. I would love that. <laughs> What's one thing that you wish we could all live without? <sighs> one thing that I wish we could all live without um oh my god tommy once again with the hard-hitting questions can i ask you that first i change mine all the time but lately i've been thinking i wish we could all live without the need to make money because if we didn't need to make money to survive we would have way less stress in our lives less competition less stepping all over each other i think money is the root of all evil truly but if we didn't have to earn it in order to survive what a great world it would be I wish that women didn't have an age of reproduction issues. That's what I wish. Cause I think that there would be um, a lot more women, older moms um, that, you know, may have felt that they couldn't keep going on and didn't think about adoption or anything. And I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that Uh, maybe that's where I'm at in my life where I'm like, I wish I had a few more years, you know? Um, but I think that that's a, something that I wish, I wish us ladies had penises and could, you know, have that sperm last till we were like 95. I feel like there's so many 95 year old fathers out there that are like <laughs> just knocking up these young ladies left and right. Yeah. Although I don't know if it's as good at 95 though, but, <laughs> but it still works. Yeah. yeah it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had to describe Alessandra in three hashtags. What three hashtags would you use to best describe yourself? Um, funny. Puppies. <laughs> and robot. Ah, those are good ones. I, yeah, yeah, that's what I would yeah. say. And we could add one more, warrior, because I like that one. Yes, we'll take that one too. <laughs> or we could call you the uh, mental health Xena. Xena the warrior. <laughs> I'm going to make t-shirts that say that. Oh my God, that would be insane. That would be great. Yeah, done. Imagine, done, and done. <laughs> done and done. Done and done. So if you want to leave everyone with a final thought, what would you like to leave everybody with? It's okay to feel all the emotions. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to have these emotions and just feel all your feels. Because if you don't feel the anger and you don't feel the sadness, you won't appreciate how incredible it is when things are going great. That is true. I mean, I could talk to you for another three hours, but <laughs> I, I feel like we could go on forever. But we can do it again. That's for sure. We'll that's do a part two. Part two. <laughs> Definitely. And just remind everyone where to find you again. So they come. I'm sure everyone's going to be like, 
I want to follow this Xena warrior princess. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm making that shirt and I'm going to like put it on and I'm going to send it to you. Um, I'm already like brainstorming, like, when am I going to get this done? Um, I can be found at Alessandra Torresani and at emotional support pod. And yeah. Yeah. That's it. And everybody yeah. house, find Alessandra and come to her rooms because they're great rooms and everybody's just family there and you can come and spill whatever you want to spill, have some fun, laugh at yourself. And hear Tommy because Tommy speaks all the time and it's amazing and it's so insightful and wonderful and you give us all this like warm, cushy, cozy feeling every time you speak. Oh, thank you. I try. <laughs> I try. I try my best. Um, yes, but thank you. I want to thank you so much because I know this month is a busy month for you too, but you took some time for us and that's great. And I, I'll see you later, I think, on Clubhouse, right? Yeah, well, I want to thank you for uh, letting me force myself on you right now doing this. So, <laughs> No force at all. I was going to get around to asking. I was just glad that you said it because I was like, when you said it, I was like, oh, good. This is my moment. <laughs> this is my moment to shine. <laughs> if I don't say yes to her now, it may never happen. <laughs> say yes to the dress. Always say yes the first time to the first dress. That's what they say. Say yes to the, the emotional mental health warrior say yes that's right that's right oh i love you tommy <laughs> love you too and come back anytime seriously yes. and i want to see you when i'm in la for sure 100 percent next week yeah and your birthday's coming so that's even better <laughs> how long I'll will you be here oh awesome. two weeks two whole weeks <laughs> and then this will come out while i'm there hopefully so um everyone look out for and all the episodes coming up, remember to subscribe, remember to comment, remember to share, go to Alessandra's podcast and subscribe, comment, share hers everywhere, especially during this month, but always because mental health is important, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. That's and right. Until next time, be well. Bye. <laughs>